welcome to this, the second episode in a double bill of the new podcast and video series from the Migrant and Minority Ethnic Council. We've released this special double bill to mark Black History Month 2020, and that gives us the theme of the conversations, the importance of highlighting black history, the significance of the month itself, and the need for education at all levels on the issues that it raises. In this second programme, I'm joined by Dr Livingstone Thompson of the African and Caribbean Support Organisation of Northern Ireland, Axoni. But before we meet him, don't forget to follow us on social media at MME Council and visit our website, mmeconsult.org, where you can find links to the first episode in the series and even subscribe to our news bulletin. So now let's go straight over to the conversation. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you're well. Um, good to see you, even if it's online in the present circumstances. So maybe you could just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization, Axoni. Well, thank, thank you, Maurice. Thank you for having me. Let me, first of all, speak about Axoni. Um, probably that's the more interesting of the two options that you've given me. Um, Axoni um, uh, is about um, 2003 that Axoni was started. And it, it, Axoni is just one of those initiatives designed to um, um, foster or to engender a kind of a sense of community, but also one that aims to support um, African and Caribbean migrants as they look to integrate into the Northern Ireland society. Um, one of the challenges that um, uh, migrants face, um, whether whatever level uh, they, uh, whatever is a reason for making their way into the community, um, it's it's the it's it's a it's a question for network. How do you build network? How do you ensure that? there is a space where you can find and you can encounter people whom you do not have to preoccupy yourself with introducing yourself because the, the conversation um, is, is, is natural and it has to do with um, um, more with how to take advantage of the opportunities and to optimize the, the, um, the, the, the opportunity of being present in the state. So uh, that, that's what Axoni does. So whether it is in the area of the arts or whether it's in the area of um, advocacy or whether it's in the area of um, um, community building, whether it's in the area of uh, 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 creating that um, interface for conversation and, and, and uh, intercultural training or anti-racism training, um, these are some of the things which the organization is involved in. It is a, a very important point of reference for resource, resource both for the community, um, new migrants, as information is given about how to access services and also a place of resource for the host um, community in terms of developing understanding about um, who, who, who the migrants are, the places from which they have come, and how it may be for these for the for the host community to um, to if you like to um, navigate the, the the plural community from which they come um, for for understanding as well. So that's Axoni. Um, um, in terms of myself, 
Um, I, I live for many years in the Republic of Ireland. Um, and so I come to Northern Ireland about five, I would have come to Northern Ireland about five years ago, and that allowed me to get a better a good feel for what it is to live on the island of Ireland. Um, and um, uh, I taught for many years in universities in the Republic of Ireland, and I now have a responsibility here in Northern Ireland for uh, two religious communities um, which I support. And um, and uh, from the point of view of Axoni, I'm currently serving as chair of the organization. Organization needs to strengthen its work in many areas, so I'm trying to offer my own support in that way. Very good. And uh, I wonder, does Axoni have some uh, events coming up to mark Black History Month? Where sort of the theme we we're talking about is why we're making this podcast. So I guess Axoni probably has. Okay. Yes, we towards the end of the month, we are hoping to have um, three three main presentations towards the end of the month. Um, we're going to be having um, Esther Stanford. Esther Stanford is a specialist in the area of um, reparation and understanding the African Holocaust. That is to say, the, the pressure um, that was brought to bear on African communities as they... Um, were um, they were basically raped for people who then were enslaved and understanding what that meant for the communities. Um, so she's a specialist in this area and she will be speaking to us on the 27th about the African Holocaust as well as what it means to repair the damage of their centuries. Um, the second speaker we hope to have is Guy Hewitt. Guy Hewitt is a former ambassador or high commissioner of Barbados to the United Kingdom and was at the forefront of the um, the interface with the British government um, in the matter of the Windrush scandal. And so he will be speaking about why the Windrush scandal was a scandal. I think much of what he knows really um, is what happened in that interface with the government, some of which has, was not really, had not been in the news um, so he will speak to us on the 28th. And then on the 29th, we hope to have the, um, the, the artist Akela, and, um, and he will speak about um, police uh, protest and progress. And he will speak at 1.30 on the 29th. Um, so these, those are the three main presentations. We, we're hoping actually to have, and this is just being confirmed as we're speaking, we're hoping to have um, in the middle of the month, uh, maybe around about the 16th or so, we're hoping to have a, um, a specialist, um, a musician from the United States who is a, who, uh, is, is a jazz musician, but who uh, will speak about the role of music in the, in the African community, so to speak, going back from the time of slavery um, to the present time, what role music has played both in social um, unrest in religious circles as well. So those are the things we hope to have and this um, information about these will go out um, in the coming days. That's a fantastic sounding lineup. Good stuff, count me in. Um, so that sounds, that sounds great. So obviously from that, and uh, you know, you did talk a little bit about the idea of history there and the, the, the African Holocaust. Um, clearly, Black History Month, is, you, you would think, is, is still vitally necessary. We, we haven't reached the stage where we don't really need to do this anymore. In fact, it's probably really only getting going. Wouldn't 
would that be your assessment or yeah, I think it's a fair question you ask, Maurice, not least because even within the African community, there are differences of opinion about the need to observe a Black History Month. And I think that that needed need to be set up front. And, and, and part of the reason why um, many African and outstanding African um, people of African descent would even question the need for it is because of how it is tended to be narrated. Some people... So, for example, in response to this question, one um, individual, a white person who is a supporter of the idea of Black History Month was asked, so what about White History Month? And the individual says, well, the other 11 months are White History Month. And that is precisely the reason why um, it becomes difficult to talk about it when you have that narrative. Uh, one month for Black History, 11 months for White History. That is completely misunderstanding what is it really about. But the way in which I approach it is this. We live in a world with biases, biases relating to history, biases relating to power, biases relating to opportunities. And one of the things which it is important for us to do is to pause and check our biases. And what the opportunity of Black History Month, what Black History Month does, it provides us an opportunity to check the biases that are operated within the within within the social space. Eh? And the biases has has the biases um, is related first of all to the way in which we have told the stories about people, and specifically the stories about Black people, the things that are emphasized and the perspective from which they're they're emphasized. So I I I, I value the opportunity to talk about Black History Month, not so much because of the need to set it over against white history, but simply to recognize the fact that we have biases and we need to check our biases. So there's a sense in which we need to focus, we need to learn from others, we need to check our biases. And that, that for me is a critical thing. There was other reason why um, Black History Month, I believe, is important. It's because there is a continuing narrative of resistance to oppression, which has been a part of the um, part of the black reality. Um, the the subjugation of people of African descent really um, had its maybe its main genesis, its its critical starting point during the um, the, the 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 period of enslavement, and. Uh, it, it became part of the, uh, it, it became written into the economy of states. It became written into the, um, the psychology of individuals, became written into the politics. It became written into the education system. It became written into the social space where the reality or the or the, the things which led to the subjugation and hence the benefit the economic benefit of the subjugation of one group of people by another group of people created the need for resistance and that resistance has taken the form in today's world as a resistance against institutional racism so what is important to understand then there is a there's a history of power difference and that power difference is one in which individuals are earning their well-being, they're earning money from that power difference. And that power difference is what really needs to be um, rebalanced. And, um, and that, for me, is important as a part of what it means to observe Black history. That's, that's 
Fascinating and insightful. I think the speakers that you, you have coming as, as part of the History Month will probably address some of those issues too. What happens beyond this then? What happens beyond Black History Month? What, what have you, have you got any, uh, some, something of a programme uh, for Axonis, say over the next year? Or how would, you, how would you see the future evolving? Yes, in a way, the work of Axonis continues um, much of the same things that come to the public notice much more in Black History Month are some of the th- same things that go on in terms of um, the, the, um, the Axona program. One of the things that we're hoping that we will be able to do, um, certainly um, impacted as it is now by the COVID crisis, COVID-19 crisis, but we hope hopefully um, 2021 will give us a better opportunity to do that, is to create a better awareness within the community and certainly with the education system um, of some of the realities of which Northern Ireland in particular, but certainly the UK in general, has been a part. Um, we, we, we believe it is important that the Northern Ireland society, um, first of all, engages issues relating to how information, knowledge, perspective relating to people of African descent, how it is narrated in the curriculum of schools. So the engagement we have will, will be with the, with the education authority to look at the, the, the issue of education curriculum. The second thing that we're hoping will happen is raising the awareness of um, raising the specter of racism as it continues as a reality within the society. One of the things we want to champion is what we call a a racism-free Northern Ireland Charter. And what we mean by this is to challenge organizations and educational institutions to actually sign up to an anti-racism future. That is to say, we want to challenge the society to lock themselves into an anti-racism mindset. Sign to say you are committing yourself to an anti-racism future and allow yourselves, your organization, in terms of the organizational practices to be checked on an ongoing basis. Am I living up to the things that I sign up to in terms of my anti-racism posture? And if after five years of signing up, an organization cannot um, demonstrate in its policies and its practices that it is continuing to maintain that anti-racism posture, then I believe it, the question should be raised, why should they be allowed to be in the state at all, continuing to operate if they cannot demonstrate or show that they are part of an anti-racism mindset? So a racism-free Northern Ireland Charter is one in which educational institutions and all kinds of community organizations will have the moment to commit publicly and be checked. I say I am anti-racist. This is what I mean when I say I'm anti-racist. You can come back and check me if I'm maintaining my anti-racism posture. Very good. And I guess the the important phrase there is anti-racism, not just not being racist. It's not enough simply not to be racist. You have to actively be anti-racist. Guess. That's exactly that's exactly it, Maurice. So it is, 
one cannot be neutral when it comes to this question. You have to oppose. It, it, you know, you cannot say you're not supporting it. You just have to oppose it and you have to demonstrable, uh, demonstrate the opposition to it, yes. That sounds like a fascinating program and I hope you get plenty of uh, take up and not only take up, but also seeing it through <laughs> throughout the five years and beyond. Yeah. Um, yep, that sounds like a, a, a useful way to help to try to transform Northern Ireland into a, a more equitable, diverse and inclusive society. Naturally, and, and of course, the whole matters which pertain to the um, the racial inequality strategy for the executive um, as part of the program of government. We believe that these things, th this is important, that the, um, the program of government um, is made to show that it, it, it wants to take root, take life in community, that there is a serious intent to bring about the racial equality that it aspires for. Mm. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, that again, I suppose that's part of the, the follow-up will be to put pressure on the policymakers and help to raise their awareness of these issues and make sure that they that they know someone's watching and someone will keep holding them to account. So exactly. great stuff. Well, I hope we at the MME Council will be able to help you in that task. So Dr. Livingstone Thompson, thank you very much for joining us. Not at all, uh, Maurice. We appreciate the opportunity and um, certainly the work of the the Minority Ethnic Council. We commend your work. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.